This is Healing Through Love. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healing Through Love. My name is Olivia Luna and I'm just a 32-year-old single woman who has never been in love before. And this podcast is my journey to find a healthy, healing, long-term monogamous relationship. Along the way, I'm going to get to talk to some amazing people, friends, experts in the fields of dating and relationships. And today I'm going to be speaking with Amanda Kate. Amanda Kate is a kinesiologist, mentor, mother, and more. Author of Divine Messy Human, A Spiritual Guide to Prioritizing Internal Truth Over External Influence, she released the book with the information, tips, and practices that have helped her move from self-loathing to self-acceptance, self-love, and self-empowerment. A recovering people pleaser and self-flagellator, she walks the path striding the divine and messy daily, always growing, developing, and learning new ways of being to hopefully one day leave the earth better than she found it. Amanda Kate helps people to regain their vitality, smashing through their internal glass ceiling and limitations to find new levels of health, vitality, and abundance. She also works with business owners to increase their vibration and attract greater wealth and prosperity. Amanda lives in Melbourne, Australia with her twin flame, her children, his children, and a dog named Zeus. Now, before we get into today's talk, just a reminder, if you are loving this podcast, please consider giving a five-star review. It really helps in just extending our reach. Um, as well, there is an option to become a monthly donor. If you hit the support link in the show notes, you can um, select your donation amount any amount at all helps, again, to just grow and further the podcast. Um, also, feel free to share and tag us on social media at Solidarity underscore media, and you can head to SolidarityMediaProductions.com to learn more. If you're watching this episode on Spotify, we also have some polls and questions below each episode where you can submit your answers to. So get involved in the conversation, everyone. And with that, I'm excited to get into today's talk. All right, everyone. So I have with me today the lovely Amanda Kate, who is a kine kin oh, sorry. Can you help me say a kinesiologist, kinesiologist, mentor, <laughs> kinesiologist, mentor, mother, and so much more. Um, Amanda, it's been um, wonderful to have you and to like dive into kind of a little bit of your work behind the scenes. Um, would love to just kind of start. First off, how are you? <laughs> yeah, doing really well. Yeah, it's early morning here, and I'm tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, you're in the future. <laughs> we we love it. Um, this is a groundbreaking moment talking to somebody in the future. Um, can you tell us uh, tell us a little bit about you know how your practice kind of began, um, and how you sort of got started in the work that you're doing today? Yeah, look, I think um, I don't think anybody gets to the healing arts or coaching or any of those sorts of things without having gone through, you know, their own fair share of, you know, hard times. Um, and I'm no different to that. I was in a toxic marriage and, you know, things were not great. I basically hated myself and I kind of just started going, surely this isn't all life has for us. Surely there's got to be something different because... I, I just felt like I was an empty shell of a human being. I felt like I wasn't living the life that I was supposed to live. And I was at a loss to work out why and how all of this had sort of fallen into place. You know, people had talked to me about loving being with their partner and loving all of their, you know, interactions. And I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I just don't understand. And there were lots of simple things about life I just didn't get because I didn't have that supportive, loving partner. I had a critical, judgmental, 
you know, person who used to put me down all the time and whom I could never do anything right by. And, and that was really challenging and tough. And so it made, you know, it made me start to react a lot more. I would, you know, I would have these outbursts. I just, I wasn't being the kind of person that I knew I could be or should be or, you know, wanted to be. And that led me to getting a lot of different help. So I ended up with chronic fatigue in 2013. And I swear it was because I was so tightly wound all the time and constantly in hypervigilance and constantly on edge of, is this going to be right today? Is this going to be wrong today? Am I going to get through today, you know, relatively unscathed? Or is it all going to come crashing down on me? You know, it was just this constant tightly wound spring and holding on to that, I guess it had to go somewhere and my body just couldn't hold that tension anymore. And so chronic fatigue ended up coming through about 2013. And at the beginning of 2015, I just felt like an empty shell of a human being. So I went and got help with the psychologist, but they couldn't get me in for another month. And the receptionist said to me, so who's got your back? Because it sounds pretty stressful. And I said, um nobody and I just burst into tears (laughs) and and she said have you tried kinesiology and I was like nope let's give it a try and I had no idea what to expect when I first went in like none but I was just so desperate and went in there and She just asked me a few questions and it's energy work. So they use, you know, we use manual muscle testing, which people like Bruce Lipton and um, Joe Dispenza and, you know, some of the other people who work in energy testing talk about David Hawkins. Um, We use muscle, manual muscle testing to be able to read what's going on in the subconscious. So if the electrical signal is strong and uninterrupted, the muscle will hold. If there's a stress in the system, the muscle can't hold its tone. So we're really reading that electrical signal, which comes through subconscious cues. And she said to me at one point in the session, you have no idea how emotionally abused you are, do you? And I was like, what? (laughs) Explain this to me. Um, And as as we started to go through our sessions over the coming months, it was just opening up parts of myself that I'd forgotten were there, that I felt like I was remembering. Um, it allowed me to understand what was going on in my life because I had no other points of reference really to, to use. And it was fascinating. And within six months of starting that first session, I was sitting in the classroom learning how to do kinesiology and energy healing because it had just completely changed my life. Mm. Wow, that's so incredible. And from just from a meeting with a a receptionist, really, Mm. like, you know, like you weren't even in with the doctor necessarily. So that's, that's incredible. And uh, Mm. very, I don't know, uh, I guess I I do, I practice Buddhism, and we just believe in really, Mm. like, you know, aligning with like the natural sort of flow of the universe. And it feels like hearing your story just sounds like you were in the right place, the right time Mm. meeting, meeting the right person, which is great. She was put there divinely. She really was. Absolutely. But then also, for sure. Um, Also, though, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing that like, through you taking that effort to really want to see the change and that shift in your life, like that also, you know, Mm -hmm. what sort of initiated that kind of like alignment as well. I wanted, Mm -hmm. 
as I hear your story, it, it makes me think about, you know, when I started my therapy journey um, and just healing in general, mm-hmm. um, it was at the height of the pandemic. I very similar was just like mm-hmm. so distraught, so depressed, could not get off the couch, felt like why am I so tired all the time? Why am I, why do I have this anxiety? And obviously there are hmm. very clear reasons Bigger for reasons. it. <laughs> um, but there was also just like this, un, like no ability to fight mm. back in any way, which is something that I've never really experienced in my life. Yeah. I've always been a fighter. And so the fact that I just didn't have it, I knew I had to kind of like start something. Can you talk a little bit about like, what were some of the, like, I don't know, side effects or cues or, or things to tell you something is not right or just I, I need to you know make the shift here so it really did start when I started needing three hour naps in the afternoon you know mm. back in 2013 of you know I could not get through a day and I'd noticed that you know when I did a workout I would still be sore three four days later instead of you know you get your soreness a little bit the next day and then proper doms you know two days later where you can't move and then it starts to get better whereas I would still have that day two soreness on day three four and I was like this is strange I don't know if I would have used the words heals better but you know I I knew that that soreness wasn't normal I was suffering for up to 13 days with my menstrual cycle so I would have six days around ovulation where I was you know had all the premenstrual signal symptoms and then seven days around bleed so I was literally suffering with that for half the month and then you know I went to a gynecologist and he went well you've tried everything so here's some antidepressants you could try and I'm going but how are antidepressants going to help and he said well it's the same way we don't just use the you know the pill for birth control and I don't know massive alarm bells just went off for me going (laughs) this just doesn't feel like there's just something here that's Mm. not quite lining up and it felt like a really big brush off which I know most women have had in doctor's offices more than once in their life of you're overreacting you're you know it's not that bad (laughs) you know get over it type Mm. attitude and I felt like it was just a here's a prescription get out of my office because I don't know what to do with you type attitude and it was very confronting because I'm going, what else do I do? Like, what else do I try? And around that time, I started seeing a naturopath who I trained with at the gym and she took me off gluten for a start and that started to make some difference. And then over the years, I then found a chiropractor who I still remember walking out of the office the first time. It was like, I can't feel my upper back. Like I've been able to feel my upper back since I was 16 with just constant either pressure or pain. And I was walking around going, well, this feels really strange. (laughs) Yeah. And I just kept finding these alternative therapies. And then I got recommended to go to a Chinese doctor and I had about four different therapists or, you know, the Chinese, it was the Chinese doctor, my kinesiologist, my psychologist, and I can't remember the other one. They all told me I had chronic, oh, my naturopath, all told me I had chronic fatigue. But it took all four of them telling me I had chronic fatigue for my ex-husband to even get close to believing it because he was always like, oh, you're always tired. You know, what's wrong with you? 
you it's always worse for you blah blah like it was always this you're doing something wrong what's wrong with you type attitude and I'm going no there's something wrong I am not functioning and he'd be like oh you know stop complaining and (laughs) it was like I'm not complaining and so it was just this really gradual finding one thing and finding that it would help and then finding another thing and finding it would help the thing that kinesiology did was it was actually shifting out some of those subconscious programmings. So I was starting to understand why I was the way that I was, what emotions were stuck in my body, um, where they were stuck, why it was affecting my physical health in the way that it was, because almost none of it was physical in nature. It was emotional, it was psychological, it was energetic, it was spiritual, it was relational. There was all of these other things that it was and physical was the way it was manifesting in the world, not what the problem was. And yet all doctors want to do is get rid of your symptoms. They don't want to treat the underlying problem of what's creating the illness in the first place, what's creating the dis-ease, what's creating the lack of vitality. Because they're in sick care, they just don't want you to be sick. They're not in health care where they're looking to get you to be the healthiest, most vibrant version of yourself. And so now what I do is I work with healthcare professionals who want me to be the fittest, most vibrant, most vital version of myself. Because to me, that's where I want to sit. I don't just want to be not sick. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of want to be, be a bit better than that <laughs> yeah we want to be healed we want to be happy and moving along in our life yeah. yeah that's that's incredible and I definitely I see how like not having that supportive partner also mm. you know can delay a lot of people you know for anybody who's yeah. listening and just like yeah. you got to be surrounded by folks who are just in line with what you're the work that you're trying to do right the healing that you're trying to um have in your life especially if it's if it's in a physical format and like you're trying to like get the help and no one's believing you you know like that's part of the reason why like i'm you know as i get older and i think about starting a family i get worried about seeing the maternity uh Uh, death rates, you know, for black women in particular, and just the fact that they're expressing this physical like pain, or there's something Mm -hmm. wrong in your body, right? Like we know our bodies. And we know what, you know, unconsciously or consciously, like we know what's happening there and when something's wrong. So developing that voice and that confidence to assert yourself when you, you know, you, you know, something is off here and I need, I need, I need help. I need to change. I need to do something different. Um, Mm -hmm. it's so crucial and so important to like really strengthening that. Um, can you talk a little bit more about, so in the kinesiology, Mm -hmm. um, are there certain practices or techniques? What can people kind of expect when they, if they start, um, that journey? So it is using muscle, uh, manual muscle testing to basically read what's going on in the subconscious. So even online when I'm working with you, you know, at the moment we're tuned into each other's radio station. That's how we're having this connection. That's how we're having this conversation. Now, what I also do when I'm working with people online is it's like I throw an energetic blanket over them to be able to read the other bits, but then I muscle test on myself. Um, 
And, but when obviously people are in clinic, I use their muscles. So people can see when there's stress because they can feel, they can't just see their muscle tone change. They can feel it change as well. And I think that's a really important part almost to prove that I'm not just going, well, this is what's going on. Like they can see something happening. And that for me was really important when I started out because I was like, it was so woo woo and out there, um, which I now realize it's not at all, (laughs) but that was my perception. And I know it's a lot of people's perception, but I think the fact is we're working in that quantum physics field where they've proven that the universe is about 4% physical matter, which means this physical meat suit is 4% of the picture. So what we're looking at in the healing is what's the rest of you? Mm. As I said before, the, you know, the mental, emotional, energetic, spiritual, sexual, relational, you know, cultural, all of those different things come together to make you who you are. And it may not just be one of those pieces that's out of alignment because all of those pieces bleed together and feed together to make you, you. Mm -hmm. And so what we're reading is that, that, you know, that energy flow, that those electrical signals that aren't as conducive as they need to be, your body should be this beautiful harmonic resonance of energy and we deny our emotions, we suppress things, we repress things, we, you know, hide them away because we're ashamed of them. You know, I often get that picture in my head of, you know, you just mentioned you don't have kids, but the cat in the hat book, you might still remember, mm-hmm. um, yeah. where he just sweeps everything under the carpet and he's standing <laughs> on top of the carpet. And it's, it's like big this mound. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's, that's, what's that's happening. what we do with all of the crap in our life because we don't want to deal with it and we're told we can't deal with it. We're told we shouldn't be dealing with it. We're told we shouldn't be feeling that. Mm. There's all these shoulds and these shouldn'ts and this expectation and this cultural soup that we swim in where it's, you know, the top 0.5% of, you know, white men basically <laughs> have all the rest of us, you know. <laughs> doing what they need us to do Mm. to maintain status quo and it's like you know we're all stuck in that we're all swimming in it and everybody is being damaged by it you know every single person apart from those top few and even they are being damaged by it mother earth is being damaged by it and what we should all be doing if we are in our true harmonic resonance there isn't that there isn't that power over there. It's all power with power to power together in the collective. It's the raising tide raises all the boats, not I need to drown you to get ahead and climb up over you. It's not that. And our bodies know that nature, natural state. Thinking back to when we worked, you know, obviously it's it's much closer for some, you know, in terms of um, history than others, but in terms of, you know, when we used to be tribal people, because all of us originally came from that, we used to work together. People had their roles. We used to work in harmony with the cycles of the earth. We used to honour Mother Nature. And then all of a sudden you hit the Bronze Age and we're, you know, shepherded into cities to serve, you know, the landowners and, you know, all of a sudden things start to change. 
and God is separated from us and taken up and put in a cloud with intermediaries so we can't access him directly. And here we are today, sick, unwell, not living our best lives, not in touch with nature, not in touch with each other, not in communion. And that to me blows my mind. And what I feel kinesiology has given me is a return to my spiritual state. It's given me a return to connection with Mother Earth. I'm out, you know, every day for over two, you know, about two hours, if not more, definitely more if I can get it in, where I just, I'm communing more with the land and with people in a very, very different way now, because it isn't about this power over structure where we have to be ahead of whoever's beneath us. And if we let them catch up or if we let them get ahead, then we're going to suffer because that's not the truth of it. The truth is if we, if I help you get up to the next rung and we climb up to the next one together and we reach down and we help those who are struggling to come up with us, we're all going to be better off. And that's just, the, that's just the state of it. That's just the truth of it. But the problem is there's so few people who seem to know that truth and you know, everyone wants to scramble and push everyone else down to the next rung so they can get up one. But I feel like that's where the shift is happening. That's what this kind of work is helping me do. It's helping people rebuild that harmonic resonance within themselves. And then that is that drop in the ocean. Other people then see them becoming more harmonious and they're like, oh, I want a bit of that. And it spreads. Mm. And you don't become more selfish doing this work if you're doing it, you know, in that kind of way you become more self-full you become more community-minded you become more empathic and compassionate and that's for me what it's really brought through wow uh, I cannot Sorry. wait to like <laughs> no I a long one <laughs> I love it I can't wait to like dive more into it that it just sounds like it, it's like it's it sounds like we as as just as people are I don't want to say disconnected because it's mm. it's like we're we're disconnected from self and core yeah. and yes. connected to grind and hustle and yeah the yeah. machine that just kind of it's like being in the matrix yeah. right like we got to unplug yeah. ourselves and like wake up to reality um because yeah. i think like for a long time that was what stalled me from like starting any kind of like mm -hmm. healing or even recognizing like i was in this pain um just i was just trying to survive right like trying to yeah. work 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 I'm, I'm i work in video production and you know mm -hmm. sometimes being on set for really long hours on my feet moving yeah. around and i'd get home and just like it's no wonder I just flop down and just feel, yeah. you know, both uh, physically, energetically, and emotionally too. I'm, I'm a big mm -hmm. empath. And so like even just walking like down the block, I can feel like it, all yeah. everybody and everything that's around me. And so I live in New York City right now. So much is just like, I feel like it just hits me throughout the day in just yeah. like, you know, tra transit and just, you know, trying to get from one place to, the, mm. to another. Um, and it really, it was a huge turning point when I, um, you know, started doing like more physical therapy kind of work and stuff and understanding like the way that I was holding my body before, mm -hmm. like that. I had normalized that so much. And the second, like you said, when you went to the uh, chiropractor and you just, you feel like totally different. It's like, wait, this is, this is, it's like seeing for the first time or yeah. hearing for the first time. It's like, wait a minute, what are all yeah. these colors? And what is this like length that I have in my body? Yes. You know, like, 
Um, so I, I, I'm very much interested in like diving more into your work mm. and, you know, understanding, um, the things that, that it could do to help me. Mm. Can you talk a little bit particularly about how it impacts like our relationships? I'm, I'm started mm. this podcast and as yes. my journey to find love. Um, yeah. Mm. How that's impacted your relationships. Oh, I mean, look, let's face it within four months of my first session, I recognized because when she said to me, you have no idea how emotionally abused you are. I went, oh, yeah, that makes sense with these people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't see my biggest emotional abuser for another four months. It was the August. And it was because a girlfriend of mine sat down and basically went, she said, you have no idea how fucked up your relationship is, do you? And I went, what do you mean? She went, it's not fucking normal. And I went, okay, explain it to me. She went, and she went through all these examples. And I went, oh okay and because she was brave enough to say that to me I was then able to put it together I'm like how did I not see that because I didn't want to see it because then I had to change my life I had no other choice once you get realizations like that it's like this massive smack in the face and it took me another four months to be able to leave and interestingly in my sessions with my kinesiologist and my psychologist, I remember one was on a Tuesday, one was on a Thursday, and both of them said, completely obviously unaware of the other's comment, just go home and look up narcissistic personality disorder. And I went, what do you mean? They said, I can't say any more than that. Just look it up. And I was like, oh, and literally that Thursday night, because I had the one session on the Tuesday, one session on the third, literally that Thursday night, I went, we're done. We're done. We cannot, we cannot do this anymore. We're done. And that was, that was then the start of it. Because then what I did was I spent a good, oh gosh, it was two years fully working on myself. I dove into my study and literally did all of the courses. I did about six years worth of study in four years. I did not just my kinesiology diploma. I did my advanced diploma um, of kinesiopractic studies, which does another, I don't know, two and a half thousand hours of work or something crazy. Um, I did all of these advanced hormones and glands and quantum neurology and advanced techniques and like all of these different things, because I was like, so fascinated in what I was learning about myself and understanding then how it could help other people. And it was just like walking into this whole new world. I didn't, I didn't know about energy healing and the body being able to tell us everything that is not congruent with who and what we are and want to be and being able to make those vibrational shifts to go into wellness. And so I spent two years just deep diving and eventually I kind of went, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to start dating. And so I put my profile out because literally I had so much school on and so much study. I figure I either have to use an online dating site or Mm -hmm. they're going to have to run into me at the supermarket with a trolley because (laughs) I don't go anywhere else. (laughs) We got two channels. So guys help me out here. And so I set up, you know, my online profile and then I'd try and, you know, make sure that I caught up in person within, you know, a few days because I, I wasn't there to, you know, 
to muck around. In Australia, we say you're not here to fuck spiders, um, <laughs> which basically just means you're not there to mess around. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with the spiders in Australia. That's the one thing I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like you're not here to mess around. And so I would try and meet people within a couple of days and I'd go okay you know go to for a coffee date and I'd be like oh it's not my person but what I was doing also was I was practicing my energy work I was practicing my intuition I was working with all of those different aspects of myself and I go okay so I'm attracting this person and this person's showing me you know these qualities okay, what have I not healed in myself that's attracting that? Because if it wasn't a vibrational match, it wouldn't have worked. So, okay, I'd then take down my profile, go back to my kinesiologist and the other energy healers I was working with and go, right, we need to sort this out. What have I not healed that's attracting that kind of quality? And then I'd put my profile back up and I'd go (laughs) to, you know, the next couple of dates and be like, you know so for example when I was working on bringing out that divine feminine aspect all of a sudden I attracted all these men who just wanted to dominate that Mm. and I was like oh that's not why I'm bringing it out okay so then I'd go back and I worked on how do I bring that out safely how do I bring that out so I can stand in my power without having people wanting to to dominate that power and so we worked a lot on that power within myself so that it wasn't a I guess an energetic match for that kind of relationship and so I actually use tinder as a personal development tool to go on those dates work out what it was that I still needed to heal go back do the healing with my profile off and then I put my profile back up do the next round Oh, do the next my, round. Amanda, wait a minute. I need to like <laughs> caption that. Like I use Tinder for my personal development. Never before yeah. has that ever been a line. That's incredible. No. <laughs> but you know what? It's a tool. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a channel for me to meet my person. And if I was meeting those people, I did not want a relationship like I had. And I knew that deeply. So for me to get something different, I needed to be different. I needed to be healed in those areas that were attracting that kind of dysfunctional, toxic relationship. I didn't want to go walking into another one. I wanted to walk into a relationship that was reciprocal, that was loving, that was respectful, (laughs) that was not abusive, funnily enough. You know, and so I did every time I went out on dates, you know, I went out on, you know, a date with this guy who from the get-go was acting all jealous i'm like whoa you know <laughs> and Weird. again yeah but it was it was this immediacy so i went back to my kinesiologist it's like okay so why am i attracting that what am i putting out what have i not healed that is allowing that into my life because that's another form of control that's another form of coercion so i don't want that And it's also that obviously deep-seated insecurity. And so, again, I started looking at all of those different aspects of myself. Mm. And I think it was in the October, because I'd written the big list as well, you know, we write down all the things that we want from our person because we think that's going to help us manifest it. Um, (laughs) 
kind of doesn't work like that. But, you know, I was making this big list and I, and eventually I've looked at it and gone, this is just bullshit. Am I going to sit there with a clipboard and a pen and, like, tick all this stuff off and, oh, you've made about 50%. Should we give this a try or not? These are things I want. Now, who am I to make those demands on another person? This is how you must be or you're not accepted by me. Uh, I believe that was just the marriage I left. <laughs> Hmm. Anyway, burned the list in my little outback, uh, my outdoor uh, fire pit. And I realized that that entire list just needed to be the one word of reciprocity. I wanted to get back what I gave out. It didn't have to be in the same way. It doesn't have to be in the same way. It just needs to be an energetic exchange that is close to equal. You know, some days you're going to have nothing to give the other person, but if they've got something to give, then it will all even out in the wash. And once I realized that it was like this massive weight got lifted off my shoulder. I'm not looking for, you know, somebody to fulfill all these needs for me. I can fulfill those. I don't need somebody to live up to all of these expectations because they're going to fail. I'm setting them up to fail. I can't have a list of how I expect you to behave. What I can do is look at how I want to be in a relationship. How do I want to show up? How do I want to be when shit hits the fan and we're out of the honeymoon period and we're in the middle of an argument? Because that's going to happen. I hate to tell you, we're all human. And so how do I want to be in that moment? Do I want to be that angry, bitter, resentful woman that I was in my marriage because I wasn't seen and wasn't heard? No, I still want to be able to be as loving as I can in the middle of the relationship when we are arguing because that to me shows that we are safe to have disagreements and that those disagreements don't mean there's something wrong with us it just means that we're two different people who have different ideas on things and if we have love and respect we can always come to some kind of acceptance of where the other person's at even if we don't understand and so that was kind of where I was starting to look at how do I want to be how do I want to show up for my partner how do I want to be for me in the relationship? And that's when everything started to really change because I was starting to look in at what I could provide for the other person rather than having expectations of what they should be providing to me. And that paradigm shift was amazing. And then I still remember it was on the on a Wednesday night. I'd had a massively like hugely emotional day with people in clinic, just massive emotional releases and really big breakthroughs. And I didn't get a break between clients because often when that happens, we run over a little bit. And so my 15 minute gap was being eaten up by, you know, the actual sessions. Mm. And then I was running a women's circle and I remember I got home and I poured myself a glass of wine <laughs> for dinner because I had, you know, <laughs> wasn't the most self-loving thing no I know those nights (laughs) oh yeah I sat at home and I had my glass of wine and I rang my girlfriend because I said I know what it is now I said I need somebody who can hold space for me at the end of a day where I've held space for everybody else and I said (sighs) you watch I'll have met him in within the week I started chatting to him on a Tuesday morning So literally six days later, I was, I started chatting to him and we had our first date on the Friday, our second date on the Saturday, our third date on the Sunday. Like it was just (laughs) straight away. And as soon as I saw him, I saw him walk around the corner and I went, oh my God, it's you. 
and my body went Ooh, that's a bit weird but it was this immediate <laughs> this immediacy it took him a while to catch up but he eventually did it was fine I convinced him um, <laughs> but it was this immediate soul knowing and that's what I told myself I would know you'll know when you meet him because I was learning to trust myself I was yeah. learning to understand that my intuition that my soul knows the path for me it knows where I'm supposed to be heading and therefore it knows the person who's supposed to be walking by my side. Mm. I love so, that. Yeah. Congratulations, girl. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> Giving us all hope. Um, no, but I, I, I just love that aspect of getting like so clear, you know, like mm. to, to just even that one word reciprocity, yeah. right? Like I mean, I want to, I want to steal that for sure, but also, yeah, do you it. know, I, I want to do the work too, to like, maybe it's a different word or maybe really mm. understand, like you said, like what it is that I want and a way that yeah. I want to feel a lot of times I, I, sometimes in my healing, like I, I, I get the fatigue of like, oh, there's so much I need to work on. Right. Like I'm mm. so fucked mm. up. Like, and, and like you shared, right. Every day, like you learn something new about like what yeah. else you need to work on. And there can be that those bumps in the road. But mm. I just love how, like, like you said, like the second we can just kind of, instead of like berating for all the things that we need to fix, getting clear about just what mm. we want, like yeah. right there, it opens the door for you to like start having, you know, that healthier And knowing that there's actually nothing to fix. Yeah. At the same time as we feel like there's everything to fix, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You've been conditioned through society, through your culture, through, you know, the water you swim in. You've been conditioned mm -hmm. and everything you've done to now has been to keep you safe and to keep you alive to the next day. Because that's what we're you know, that's what we're built to do. If you go back to the very first humans, when we were all living in tribes, so this isn't cultural appropriation of tribe, I just need to say that because no, no. I need to nowadays. It's history. It's, when we're there, yeah. our brain was literally, I am accepted by my tribe or I will be cast out into the wilderness and die. And our brains are still set up to think that way. So even though we're not going, this is a live and die situation, in some part of our physiology, we are going, we are going to live or we're going to die. So I'd better make the choice that makes me live. So every unresourceful behavior, everything that we have ever done that is not okay is because we feel like it will help us be more accepted by those people we are around, by our community, by our tribe, by those people who will keep us safe. And even if they are not people who are keeping us safe, they're still our people and we still therefore need to be accepted by them. And that's why in domestic violence situations, you see these strange behaviors coming out because they're actually the behaviors that keep them safe. And so it's really fascinating, but when we can start to just accept that part of ourselves, I still act unresourcefully at times. I've done years of unpacking this stuff, but of course I do because it's like this muscle memory. Now, the difference is I now catch it a bit sooner and I can understand why it's there. I can understand even when it started often. I can understand what's sitting underneath it. And most of the time it is a hurt child who is just doing the best they can to get through to the next day and to still be loved by the people around them. Because as humans, we know love in the most part is conditional. There are conditions to our love. You know, if my partner cheats on me, 
he's not going to be around long. That is a condition in my relationship. If he treats me poorly, okay, one day is fine because, you know, that may not be, you know, our stuff. But if it becomes a pattern, again, we'll be having a conversation because that's not okay. There are conditions. And even with my children, I always love them. But I don't always like them. I mean, let's face it, they're kids. They, they screw up and they're not always nice. But in that, there are conditions. And how do we then work within those conditions? We use those behaviours. So everything you have developed up till now has been for you to keep yourself safe. As you said before, you know, you're thinking about going and having a doctor and you know about the, the mortality rates for black women in birthing. That is, of course, a really big concern. So you are going to be needing to look for professionals who can support you in that, who you feel safe with so that you can be your wild, beautiful, pregnant, amazing goddess self through that process and feel held by those professionals around you. And that's also where I think people potentially get it wrong at times is that they spend more time working out what pair of shoes they're going to buy or what their next car will be than they do working with these professionals who are going to help keep them safe mentally, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is, physically. We don't spend much time, you know, how many people ring around practitioners to work out who their therapist is going to be, who's actually helping them with their mental health, or do they just ring the first person that their other providers or friends or whatever recommend? It's like, you've got to find the right people for you. And having those 15 minute calls with people to go, do we gel? Do we vibe? Do I feel safe with you? Do you feel like somebody who's going to hold me as I go through this? Because there's times you do feel broken and you need someone to hold you and go, darling, you're not broken. You're surviving. And that's what you've had to do. Ugh. And so let me hold you as you, as you explore this part of yourself, because you're safe to do this and you can do it because that's why it's coming up for you right now. And that's the bit that you want to find with those people. Mm. Mm. Ugh, you just like describe all the like, that I want in a relationship, you know, that just, mm. yeah, that safe space, that feeling of like, I can just kind of even unravel for a second yeah. and you've got me and like, you can help me bring it back together and keep going. Ah, mm. uh, can you share a little bit about like, cause sometimes I get, um, you know, early on, right? Like mm. you, as you're learning about like, what is this, what does it mean to feel safe in a relationship? Mm any advice or tips about like what physically, how that comes to like our understanding or, you know, how did you know, like, okay, I feel really safe with this person. I used to feel the energy of when my ex-husband would hop off the train. Cause I still lived basically between the, the train and, and I would start, I would feel my body start to contract and I would start to almost cower and I'd have to go, okay, am I safe right now? And I'd look around and I'd be like, you're safe. You're in your own house now. Oh, okay. Whew. And I do a bit of deep breathing, but practicing with what are those things in your body? So for me, it was literally, I could feel my heart chakra being almost pushed in and my shoulders hunching. So it was like, you know, when you see animals trying to protect themselves on the floor, it's that kind of thing. I was curling over my heart chakra. 
I can't let that be seen. And then obviously it's constricting the chest. I'd pull my shoulders back. Okay, you're okay. I'd take a few deep breaths. Or I'd feel a constriction in my throat or I'd feel the tightening of my chest. Your body will give you the clues before your brain will be able to go, I don't think this feels okay. So the more we can practice being in our body, feeling what our body is trying to tell us, the reason we're not in our body is we've been taught again through this separation of God and separation from the earth and this two to 4,000 years of, you know, history that we're hopefully coming to the end of <laughs> changing, changing cycles in through this shift. No, I shouldn't say that we are ending the cycles in, which is why everything looks so crazy and chaotic right now, because things are changing. They are shifting. We are moving into higher vibrations and frequencies and more congruent states. That's why it looks chaotic. But as we got separated from that, we were taught that our bodies were dirty. They were wrong. They were sinful. Look at how they've separated sex out of the church. Our sex is wrong and sinful unless you are getting your wife pregnant and she is holding your vital sperm, which is BS because we're little Mother Earths. We are. We are Mother Earths. We have a womb. We create new life. And even when we're not creating new life, we are creating new projects. And, and men have this energy too. People of all genders have this energy. That's what our sacral chakra is. It is our womb space. It is where we, where we get those fertile ideas, where we bring them into maturity and where we birth them into the world. And so as we're doing that, and feeling that we've been taught that all of that connection to that is wrong we've been taught that our connection to our body is wrong we've been taught that our sexuality is wrong and that sex is wrong and that you know i can understand why some of these movements are happening the way they are right now because they from an archetypal point of view it is all these hurt children running around pretending to be adults but they're not doing it in an adult way they're doing it as their hurt child and their hurt toddler and they're doing it in that you know, in that archetypal way rather than in their mature adult. And it's it's quite fascinating watching a lot of this stuff from that archetypal point of view, from the energetic point of view. But when we tap into ourself, your body knows the answer well before anything else does. That's how as soon as I saw my partner walk around this cafe, I was like, oh, my God, it's him. I felt it in my body. And that was where I went, oh, this is interesting. Because every other person I'd walked in for a date with, I went, oh, not you. Yeah. Now I've got to sit and have a coffee with you, okay? <laughs> energetically, energetically, I knew it wasn't a match. I knew it wasn't a match. Mm -hmm. And so it's just as we get more comfortable being in our body and exploring these feelings that we've been taught to distrust and not like and not allow and to be afraid of, it gives us this massive freedom because you will feel it. You will feel this little tightening of chest going and your body will go, I don't feel safe right now. Mm. Okay. So thank you so much for your time. It's been really lovely meeting you, but I'm really looking for my person in this journey. And you know what? I really hope you find your person too. 
That was what I ended up saying to people in some form or another. Even if we were just chatting through the app, I would write something along those lines. Thank you so much for chatting with me. I've really enjoyed it, but I am here to look for my person. And I just don't feel that connection with you. And I really trust what I feel. I really wish you all the best. And I hope your person's out there. Good luck. Because I thought, you know what? Even if they don't accept that, that's the way I'm feeling. And I want to send them that love. I want to send them that generosity. And you're not always getting generous people through these apps, by the way. It's it's not always like that. But again, people would then either block me or I'd end up giving them 48 hours to read the message and then I'd, you know, unmatch or whatever. But I worked out if I could be the most gracious I could be, if I could be the most loving I could be, if I knew deep down that I was the one who was going to keep myself safe, I didn't need safety on that list of somebody to provide for me because I was going to do that for me. I'm not letting myself in a situation where safety is even a question anymore. And from the very get-go, I felt safe with my partner because I knew I would keep myself safe. I knew it. And all of a sudden safety is off the table because if you feel unsafe with someone, you're not going to start a relationship with them if you have that self-trust of going, yeah, no, that's not for me. Ugh, that's it. And that's, that's, that's the culmination of all the work that like I need mm. to do is just really trusting self, really getting clear, mm. practicing, you know, feeling the way that I mm. want to feel in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Amanda, this has been incredible. I have still so many, like, so many more <laughs> questions. I want to have you back sometime. Maybe uh, we can keep the conversation I would love going. To chat with you. Um, really quickly, can you let folks know how they can find you and keep up with you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm at amandakate.com.au. So remember the .au, obviously, for Australia. Um, you can find all my social links there. So it's easier just to give you the one link and you guys can work it out. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking with oh, me today. Thank really you. Really appreciate you. Awesome. Yeah, you too. It's been so wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Healing Through Love. If you have any comments or questions about today's episode, feel free to reach out on social media at solidarity underscore media. Also, you can head to the show notes of this episode to find links and ways to get connected with today's guest. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to talking with you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you.